Good morning, and welcome to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. I'm Tamara McDaniel. We're here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign. So come on out and join us if you can. You can also phone in to join us at 217-356-9397. That's 356-WBWS. Or you can text us at 217-351-5357. We have uh, Steve Brown running around here somewhere, and he'll be joining us soon. And with me now is Marianne Metz. I am with you now. One of my favorite experts. There, there we go. Favorite of three. How are you this morning, dear? <laughs> I'm doing very well. It's a beautiful well. morning, isn't it? It is. Wow. Yesterday. Great Fourth of July weekend. It, I know, right? Yep. Perfect. It, and I just, don't you feel just very lucky? Yeah. Because oh my gosh, yes. It's I, I think so we were oppressive. punished a couple of weeks ago with all that heat and then all the rain. Okay. So we could have days like this and really, really appreciate them. them. Okay. Because I'll tell you what, I'm appreciating this this morning for sure. <laughs> yes. This is true. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. I'm <gasps> Look looking forward to getting out in the yard later. I remember Good morning, him. Steve How about Brown? that? Good morning. How are you? <laughs> Marianne's well. smiling and like giddy almost with these 50-degree nights. And yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has been nice. Ah. So we're just, I was just saying to Brooke, it's nice that California weather. Or she said oh, it was nice California weather. Parts it's of hot California. in the daytime. Oh, yeah. Good. yeah. Hot in the daytime and cools off nice in the evening. That's perfect. Oh, yes. Brooke's well, we can hold on to it for a few few days anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll change here abruptly. Of course it will. Yeah, but that's okay. That's okay. So it's a little bit green out there, which is kind of nice. Yes, nice it is. Nice to see it get charged back up. With, yeah. Uh, yes. It sounds like we might need it here because not tons of rain this next week i don't think there's a chance yeah mid- wednesday mid- thursday mid- maybe week. yeah something like that so yes I'm, I'm walking around the yard last night pulling weeds yeah no <laughs> i wasn't i was looking at him <laughs> <laughs> looking at yeah. him <laughs> waiting for it gets to be taller so you don't have to bend over as much to pull it, huh? it that's you know what it works out well <laughs> that way too it really saves your back um like some of my containers needed watering Oh, absolutely. I thought, how, how could that possibly no. be? But you know what? Well, that's, that's the danger, if there is one, with all that rain day yeah. after day after day, where you, you, you probably, unless you're underneath, underneath, underneath an overhang or something or underneath a tree, you probably didn't need to water those containers right. for however many days in a row. Yep. But all it takes is two days of no rain. And absolutely. it's like, boy. Yep. They need to get water. Back out there. Dry right yep. out again. <laughs> water, water, water. Hmm. Yeah. How about that? Yep. A lot of harvesting going on, I'm sure, in everybody's vegetable gardens and herb gardens. Good. So I would think. I fed some cherry tomatoes, but it was great. It was fun. Yeah. I got them before the squirrels. Who knew? <gasps> nice. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're probably going to get every one this year before the squirrels. I doubt it. Yeah. The horn. The, when they're green. The tomato <laughs> worms. Tomato horn worms. Got them, too. You've got those. Yep. Yeah. Really? Yep. Wow. It, what do they look like? They're icky looking. And how do I spot them? Big green things. You know oh, you're a gardener okay. when you can reach in with bare hands and grab them. Oh. That's a real gardener. That's a real gardener. Yeah. They're really, I mean, they're probably as big around as my little finger. I mean, they're pretty <gasps> big. Bigger. Maybe bigger, actually, bigger. yeah. They're, and they look a little segmented like, like a cartoon. And then they have coloration on one end of it, but that's not even the eating end. That's, the, that's just a, a disguise to make people... Or make people. Yeah, people. Yeah. Uh, the predators think that they've got a big mouth and head, but they don't. Oh. And they're kind of spiny. Yeah. They're 
icky. Yeah. They're, like I said. If, if you can imagine gross on top of gross on top of gross. <laughs> that's them. That's a, and, and they're a machine. I mean, all they do 24 hours a day is eat. eat. And, of course, if they eat that much, you know what else they do 24 hours a day. And they Thank just you. strip the plants. Oh. I this Literally. was a I had a it was a, actually a seedling a tomato seedling from last year that came up just indiscriminately in a flower bed and I thought it was I blamed the rabbits because I have a, a another rabbit trapped in my backyard who's just stripping everything I thought it was him but no because the the hornworms are just exactly the color of a tomato stem it's just uncanny huh you can I mean they're very difficult to see okay yeah you have to. It's almost like a four-leaf clover kind of thing where you're looking for a subtle difference in texture yeah. and shape. But coloration, they just blend in perfectly. And and the biggest indication is just a stripped branch. Yes. Where the foliage is stripped. And they're not stripping the tomato. They're just stripping the foliage. Uh, not stripping the fruit, just the Which foliage. Which is pretty detrimental. but. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So but if, the... if, if you do get them early, if you see a little bit of the foliage being stripped and you get them early and you dispose of them, the the tomato can recover and still produce. Sure, absolutely. It's just that if you don't notice it right away and the plant gets just decimated. Yep. Yeah. Do you, is that the only treatment is just physically picking it off with your fingers? No, but, but it's the best. Yeah. Okay. Because they're so big and there's not going to be a, a handful of them, you know, usually. Okay, I or was wondering that, not, how many. Well, there could be all over the place. I mean, if, I guess, you, if you saw... 10 or 12, that would be like a crazy number. Yeah. Right? Oh, And gotcha. so, so yeah. two or three on a plant, four on a plant might be. Okay. Yeah. Could be sometimes a solitary single one. But, you know, I think it's like a, a lot of the other stuff that you decide to hand remove, whether it's a bagworm or something else, you're going to look at it and maybe from a couple different angles and then maybe get it back out there that later that day or the next day and look again. Uh, just because invariably you've missed something. There's going to be another The light window. level might be a little bit different as it's yeah. coming through the plant. Exactly. Uh, something's going to make it easier for you to see it the second time. Yeah. So, and, and I feel really bad blaming the bunny. Yeah. Not that I really, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> really feel bad it. for the bunny. But, but it, it, the bunny appreciates you acknowledging that. Okay, so Marianne, <laughs> yes. let's just lay it all out there. Okay. Once you take them off the plant, what's your favorite way to get rid of them? I like to put them in a Ziploc bag. Okay. Yeah. And I just, don't run over with, run over him with the Chrysler. Okay. So that's not. No. You don't do that. That's that's not my kind of thing. Yeah. You don't put it like in the yeah. sun and cook him in the bag in the clear <laughs> Ziploc bag or anything like that. Yeah, you, you just, just, drop you it just in go the ahead garbage. and just <laughs> so you can really you know move, you can, move along. Yeah. Okay. I'm over it. No celebration. No. You're, you're a kind soul. No relocating to a <laughs> relocation a program. No, it doesn't exist. I'll take you out to the country and dump you. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's funny. I'm not that nice. Uh, okay. Yes. Well, okay. I'm <laughs> moving on right along. So at work, um, we have a small little flower bed that hasn't had anything in it. and uh, So it's an empty bed. Care, uh, it had so been a, other it's than a, weeds. It's a, it's a bed. You know, it's a bed. You wouldn't call it a flower bed. It's right. just a bed. Well, okay. I stand corrected. Person, person at work throws seeds in, thinking that they were all flower seeds. A couple of them were squash, huh. and so we have a a squash vine coming nice. out of this little two and a half by two and a half little box in the back of, the, of work. And me, I'm just so 
uh, traditional, I was like, hey, Karen, since we since since it's a squash, you want me to go ahead and replant it into a pot and then I'll just put some annuals in there. And she's like, actually, everybody at work has been coming by and commenting on it. They're all getting a kick out of watching it grow. They grow pretty fast. Mm -hmm. They do. They do. But so how did Karen mix squash seeds in with flower seeds? Yeah, she has no idea. <laughs> so it looks pretty different. But we have all laughed at it, including Karen. <laughs> well, it sure is going to fill up a lot more than that two-by-two two space, huh? I know, yeah. right? But uh, but everybody's having so much fun watching it grow that uh, she, she just wants to leave it now. I mean, why not? If everybody's enjoying it. But I'm thinking, what should we... What could we do with it? Like, could I put a vine or a uh, train it? A trellis. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. In a cage or something. You could. Yeah, and that would that would maybe do it. Mm. It uh, would. It would. Help. It would certainly alter its pattern. Eventually, it'll probably grow through it, grow past it, and you probably won't be able to keep up with, unless you're just. Oh, I'm going to go out there every day and try and tie something up because oh. you're going to not like you're going to have one branch. You're going to have multiple leaders or runs, if you will. Okay. Um, yeah, it'll grow up and then it'll grow down and on the ground again. So, And then about how long will it get? Well, it really depends upon what it really is. Um, oh, I see. What um, kind what of squash it is? Yeah, I, gotcha. I mean, it, it wouldn't be uncommon for it to be on the extreme end. You know, if it was a watermelon that likes to run a lot, 10, 12 Ten. feet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one direction. Okay. Um, um, and do they usually it, what head? They grow toward the west. No, as long as they have sun, they're going to grow everywhere. Okay. They they'll grow north, south, east, west. Okay. Northeast, just northwest. What has northwest. happened at southeast, my house? Southwest, yeah. The whole okay. nine yards. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I mean, obviously, they're going to be seeking sun to to grow. So if something is a little bit more shaded, they're probably not going to be as dominant. They'll they'll creep into the shade, but they won't be as prolific in the shade as it would be as if they were Full able to sun. get the sun. Yeah. Uh, they're on the south side of the building. And, and the other challenge with supporting them or staking them or trusting, if you don't know what it is, you know, it's one thing to support a cucumber and its weight on a vine and have the vine be able to hold it. It's another thing to try and have a watermelon. five to ten pound watermelon or a fifteen pound watermelon being supported. Right. Uh, you know, not uh, on the trellis. ground. So, yeah. Okay. I've, I've we'll actually seen people do ground, that. It's, and, 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 you know, they actually make like a little hammock and tie it onto supports for oh. the fruit because they are very heavy. They won't sustain themselves on the vine. Right. After they get a Another certain use for pantyhose. That is an excellent use for pantyhose. <laughs> excellent use Absolutely. for pantyhose. Yes. You could start a book. Yeah, or maybe you've like, already started the book. Maybe you just need to finish the book. Taking notes, yes. Many uses for pantyhose. Ah, oh, hosiery and you. This is Plant Experts Ooh. Live at Prairie Gardens. <laughs> Let's go to the phone lines at 356-9397, where Ray's calling in from Pasodum. Hey, good morning, Ray. How are you? Good. I'm fine, thank you. You're having too much fun. You're right. We'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Not really. <laughs> uh, two questions. One on cannas and the other on elephant ear plants. And I know I have to dig up the cannas in the fall after they die off because of the winter and it kills their root systems. Uh, do I need to wash those off or do I just pull them up out, pick, pull them up out of the ground, shake the dirt off and then put them in the canvas bag or a burlap bag, I should say. Yeah. I honestly, I, I don't bother washing mine off. 
Um, okay. I do try That's to get as much know. of the, the dried, as much dried soil, you know, after it's set for a couple of days, just kind of brush it off and clean it okay. up a little bit. That sounds but I wouldn't leave any wet, mo- mo- uh, moist soil around it. Hmm. Okay. All right. And now the second thing is elephant ear plants. I called, oh, two years ago because somebody gave me a tuber and it started growing inside my house. It was in the wintertime and I had it in a container, plastic container. I took it outside and it grew and it grew well. Now, do I need, and then the next year it didn't come back. Should I have pulled up out of the ground like cannons and done the same thing? With yes. elephant ear plants, because this one didn't come back. Yes, that's a yes. That's a yes. Yeah, yeah they're they're tropical okay. as well and tender, so they. That's what I thought. And you can keep them the same way well, you keep the cannas over the winter. Thank you. That's you all. Like. I, that's so, that's yeah. what I needed to know because that's awesome. what I wanted to do. I, I didn't. I, I didn't want to lose it, but I lost no. that first one. I do too, but yeah. I lost that first one, and I'm going. Uh, did I did I do something wrong? They're tropical. Anything tropical, you yep. want to dig up, correct? Almost that's correct. yes. That's correct. Yeah, every, every, everything. everything. I can't. Either, that or you're walking away from it, one or the other. Yeah. It's a sacrificial plant, you know? <laughs> yeah, all right. Well, I, I don't like to sacrifice my plants. That's the thing. No, don't do that. Okay. Well, thank you, and go back to having fun. <laughs> we'll try. Enjoy your program. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Thanks for coming <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. And I know you've been a proponent of tropicals placed in the garden, oh, in yeah. the landscape. Not just in a pot or container, but... In the garden. In the garden. Absolutely. And just mix in with perennials or annuals sure. or shrubs or... Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. In fact, I was checking out some um, uh, eucomus this morning. They... they I, don't, I don't know... You and your eucomus, I tell you. That's a <laughs> um, pineapple lily, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. At, they get the coolest kind of head on it that looks like a little pineapple. Oh, <laughs> yeah. They, they go up. It, it actually looks just like a pineapple it does. fruit coming on, only it's not a fruit. Well, it is, but it isn't. And and it's colorful. They have really lovely leaves, and I just really, really like them. But these, for some reason, started growing their, their, their uh, flower just after they came out of the ground. Oh. So I've got two-inch-long leaves and a little fruit on it. It's a little flower on it. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. I want it to, to be big and beautiful, but it's going to be little and cute. Mm. So. This year anyway. This year, yeah. Yeah. And then you'll pull it out. Yeah. Okay, so here's one exception because probably four or five years ago, I put a eucomus in my front yard close to the driveway where a lot of snow gets piled when I shovel the driveway mm-hmm. and it's still in the ground and coming up every year that's awesome that's wow. absolutely incredible incredible oh, I, I, okay. I can hardly believe it i i checked yep yeah, i've got it this year it's coming up it's twice as no three times as big as the ones in the backyard but yeah good for it that's hey. cool yeah loving it i like that i do too so we've, they're marginal we've um Nothing fancy at all by any means, but we've tried to incorporate just a couple more tropicals in the landscape nice. where there's pockets yeah. this year. So it's not just with other flowers or perennials, but, you know, actually with shrubs. And uh, so we have a couple of the King Tut papyrus nice. uh, oh. that just planted in for a completely different texture than anything yes. else we could possibly get. Yes. And um, and more hibiscus planted, the tropical hibiscus planted in. Nice. nice. Just, to, just to see if that's the way we want to go. It's just a nice look. 
Mm-hmm. I I have cannas. We we've got such an incredible selection of cannas this year, just like last year. Using so, the word you know, had. I had to get oh, one yes. of each. You know, yellow. You have oh, some yellow gosh, cannas yeah. back there. Uh, different colored leaves, but then mm-hmm. they start flowering. The Cleopatra just started flowering for me as half of the flower is yellow, half of the, the other half is red. It's the craziest, oh. it's crazy. craziest plant. It's just crazy. But I love putting those just in places in the garden where I need that height and a little uh, splash of color. Yeah. This works out really well. However, one of the things that I hadn't seen yet were uh, Japanese beetles. Well, on my cannas this week, I I saw Japanese beetles. Oh. So pay attention. It's that time Scout. of year. Scout. Yeah. Yep. And if you can get after it early, yeah. just knock them off in some soapy water, and you know, they'll be less apt to, well, they'll not only cause less damage to the plant, cosmetic damage, but they'll also not attract others to come in exactly. to the party. So yes. oh. try and keep the population down early on if you can. Yeah, I noticed them just starting to sit on top of the asparagus just a little bit and they're not going to cause any damage to the asparagus but it's a a breeding ground sure and so they're starting to hang out okay then i'll keep an eye on my linden tree oh Oh, yeah yeah Yeah. that's a and there's not much you can really do about that i mean from a practical standpoint yeah i'm not that tall (laughs) it seems like they came late this year they're usually father's day weekend yeah can almost time it by your watch Hmm. But Maybe that means they won't be so bad. Maybe. Maybe it means they'll be spotty. Except I had a customer come in a couple of days ago that said that they just had, were inundated with Japanese beetles, which surprised me because I, I haven't had anyone else ask about them. Knock on wood. Let's hope. Every year is different. <laughs> Let's hope. This is true. So, I, you know, back to the tropical thing, the um, Cleopatra almost sounds to me like a better landscape plant than a container plant to some extent because when you think about it as a container plant you tend to want to have a a color theme or a design going in a container (laughs) it's like what am i gonna do with that what do i do with that you know do i go the yellow route do i go the yellow red route because other than that Mm. or other than going a textural chartreuse green kind of thing or something i mean you're a little bit because it's always i guess purple would be okay but it's like it doesn't really quite fit because it's wanting to do this and it's wanting to do that, not only in the foliage but also in the flower. That work, It works perfect for me, though, because my color scheme's always red, yellow, purple, and orange. Or, you know, it's it? always bright colors, so yeah. it just fits in. Uh, but the foliage is just great because it, it'll be the same thing, half and half, half purple, half red, or green. Pretty. How, how long does it take for your cannas to bloom? Well, mine are just starting now, and I think I planted um, late May this year because it was cool. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. And and you'll enjoy flowers for months. Yeah. So, I mean, they'll they'll keep going through September easily. So they're starting now, and you'll you'll have them all the way through that. Wow. I do like to deadhead those because there's kind of a gnarly-looking seed on them. Okay. But is it as important to deadhead as, say, like a geranium? Like a geranium, really, to keep it blooming, you do need to keep deadheading it, right? Probably not. I, 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 it's unsightly. Yeah. Okay. As much as anything. But, you know, anytime you deadhead, it does redirect the plant's energy and typically to producing more growth, whether it's flowers or foliage. And so I think it, it does help. 
for sure. Okay. But to me, it's just a matter of that looks bad, snap them off. Yeah, yeah. And then you get the benefit of right. more fl- more fresh flowers. True. And I liked your commercial, Marianne, that uh, discussed how giving something just a little bit of a pruning will just again spurt that that growth yeah. when you get a fresh so flush. why on earth would you prune petunias i got to tell you i did that um probably 3 weeks ago and it just made the pot freshen up completely mm-hmm. because they were starting they were already starting to get long Leggy. and kind of gangly yeah well so i i cut them back and it it took it about 10 or 12 days to start doing its thing again but um it looks like I planted new plants. Wow. So, well, especially if you have some okay. aggressive varieties like bubblegum or some yeah. others. They, I, I, they just have to have that. I think you can't keep up with bubblegum. Yeah. It is a very aggressive grower. It's amazing. I just had somebody uh, extolling its benefits the other day. It's a, a pink petunia. So I don't have to worry about it because I don't do pink. But um, it's it's just a beautiful... You need a ground cover. It would, it would cover... Oh, five but five really? by five area. I was going to say six by six area. Five or six plant. feet easily. Really? Square feet, yeah. Wow. And just cover it. And not at the end of the season. I no. mean, it would. If that's assuming it's a, a good, well-drained soil, lightweight soil. Yeah. But yeah, I've got uh, one planted in a oh, maybe about a thirty-inch tall, thirty-six-inch tall container, and it's you know draping over on all sides, touching the bottom, and yeah, yeah. time to cut it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or let it go on the ground. That's kind of a cool look, too. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. a look. <laughs> it's a, it's a look. Much. It's a look. <laughs> it's a look. This is Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. You so can, pr- uh, pruning is, I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. No, but that's pr- all right. I was just going to throw out the phone number again. Oh, okay. You can three five six nine three nine seven. There you go. Okay. There. Pruning. See, is is just something that you should be doing all season long. Yeah. Actually. I mean, you don't have to do a lot of it, mm-hmm. but just freshens things up. Mm-hmm. So. And it's good to know. You know like uh, like with petunias, that was my problem. They would just get so leggy after a while. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, just not not nearly as fresh and pretty as they had been. So it's good to know that that's all it takes. Just yep. Give it a good little, a little bit clip. Of okay. Yep. Good. Yeah. I was walking around. Uh, in your greenhouses, you got even more plants in. You're, you have a fresh supply of hanging baskets that just has mm-hmm. me drooling. Because, I mean, cooler. Talk color, about, I'm sorry. Oh, cooler yes, color. Color, <laughs> color galore. You've got, of course, lots of beautiful petunias in there. But, oh, there's some just and, beautiful uh, plants right now. Cali. You know what? I've, I've talked to several customers who, um, I just need to... F- you know, get that uh, color back in the container. Yes. You know, things do get tired. Yes. So, yeah, move them along. Yeah. That's so whether nice. you keep them as a hanging basket or whether you take them out of that and just drop them in your porch pots. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. It's instant. It's a great way to go. And we still have some accents. If you want to get a little bit of height mixed in with it, you can drop some of the grasses. Or um, I think we have some king tut. Maybe it isn't king tut. It might be a prince tut. Prince tut, which would be better for a container for the most part yeah but even if you want to put it in your garden like steve was saying it's just just such a cool look you just need a little bit of hider to fill in with something see that's what you should be doing in your garden now it's like evaluating i think i should have done that 
<laughs> or maybe I should put that there. And, so. and by no means too late to get the enjoyment out of it. Heck no. no. It's just, we're just at the beginning of July. Yeah, oh, yes. In fact, I've planted things before in like uh, late August and been oh, very yeah. happy with them oh, through for sure. like early November, I think, even some uh, some years. Yep. So, uh, and, and I, that's one of the things that I appreciate about appreciate about you guys is that so many other places they just do the you know one shipment and done and that's it and and about this time is when i really am starting to have some free time and you need or and yeah and in the meantime yeah my yard is starting to need that freshening up so so yeah i love that you guys are still getting stuff in regularly well and the hydrangeas alone out there they're all on sale at 25 percent off and the world's best selection of paniculata types. And they're so beautiful blooms. Yeah. Yes, totally. Talk about something fresh in the landscape. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. They, they're just perfect. And there's so many that are of the mature size that are suitable for the shrub border, the foundation planting in the garden. They're not, they don't all have to be these six and eight foot guys. So um, yeah. lots of great, great choices. And they play off nicely on really anything in the landscape, color-wise, because they're neutral, because they're basically green and white for yeah. the most part. Uh, they just fit in well. With anything, yeah, absolutely. The blues are so large, they really draw your eye to them. Yeah, they really do. And there's there's different forms of, of the, even the paniculatas, there's some lace caps in in, oh. in that, but there's... There's nice rounded ones. There's nice cone-shaped ones. There's the lace cap, which have uh, some of the little buds that don't open and some that do open, which gives it a really interesting texture. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of fun. And the blue times pretty, not only do they last a long time, but they start to come into flower at different times, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, if you have the luxury of having room for a few different varieties, you can extend it even by more weeks on exactly. top of the... The tail end of it lasting for weeks and weeks and weeks. Yes. Uh, just wow. by uh, Bobo has been flowering nicely now for me for some time, but I don't think I have any little limes that are really cracking or showing color yet. And then um, the name of it escapes of a little bit more of a traditional, maybe a little bit more of a weeping one uh, that's in that same three to four foot range. I'll have to think about what variety that was. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> but. Uh, you can just appreciate the nuances, the way they, the flower shape that Marianne was saying, when they start to come on, color differences between them. There's, there's some that have um, stems that are a little more, a little bit more red, reddish purple. So it has just a little bit different dimension yes. to it. Not a green tan tan to them. I, I really like that. I think a, a, a quick, fire, um, little quick fire. Uh, several of them that have that kind of reddish coloration to it, which is kind of neat. Just a small thing, but it makes a difference. I can see that. Butterfly bushes. You have some beautiful butterfly bushes Holy as cow. well out there. They're 25% off right now, too, right? Aren't that crazy? 25% off. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, there's uh, the tall traditional ones out there that get four to six feet tall if they're in the right spot. And then there's some well, little good. guys like Pugsters and other small ones. That... Those Pugsters are so cute. Pugsters, how big do they get? They're a, a much shorter, two to three feet, oh. but they have the, the a long cone-shaped flower. 
but these guys are really fat. The pugsters, the oh, flowers are nice. So it's just really kind of cool looking, kind of gnomish looking. The, it's like the, the flowers, the full size flowers that we've got a much larger variety. Oh, for sure. But that's so diminutive. It's uh, my pugsters probably don't even get two feet tall. Oh wow! And uh, but then they haven't started to show color yet either. Really? No. But uh, the taller, more traditional varieties that we get in that three to five feet, four to six feet range are in their full glory. They certainly attract butterflies. Do they? So they, they get the name obviously butterfly bush. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it's just butterflies all over them. Yeah. 25% off. Very fun. What else is 25% off? What else? The perennial hibiscus. Oh. Holy cow. Really? We've got a great selection. Nice. Yeah, it is nice. And, and that's something that I expect just to be topical and yet to know that we could have that as a perennial here in Villa 5. Yeah. It's, it's exciting. It's a really, really nice perennial. The, the only drawback, and it, it's a drawback because we're as gardeners, not patient. I know, I shouldn't say that. But I have dug up more than one perennial hibiscus thinking it wasn't live oh. because it breaks dormancy so late. I mean, right around Memorial Day, even. Oh. It's great, but I'll tell you what, they've just grown like crazy with all this rain. And we've probably got plants that are three and four foot tall easily. And probably wow. starting to set buds right now. That's amazing. They're going to be just stunning when they flower. Yeah. Because they do flower later in the summer, which is a great time, because there's not a lot going on in the heat of the summer, but the, there's, there's the perennial hibiscus. Okay. What would you think of a plant in a rural um, waterway area Ooh. and see, uh, I mean, I know it's suspect as far as overwintering, yeah. but they'll take what we well. Uh, I have to think about that. I'm, I'm not sure it would take that much wet. Well, we, this year, with all the rain we've had. I mean, we, we see them used as marginals. Uh, it, maybe. It'd be kind of a neat look. Oh, you were thinking about doing something else? A lotus. But a lotus. I never, That's right. never took the plunge because I didn't want to have one more thing to try and maintain until I get a couple more things in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... I kind of application, but it would be kind of really pretty. Some of them get really tall. The pink bird to be as tall, uh, five to feet. Some of them are in the two, three, four foot range, which makes them a lot easier to use in a garden mm -hmm. situation, like the hydrangeas. Okay. It's a, an interesting tool, a gardening tool, landscaping tool, I'm sorry. It's yeah. for, because of its, the shape of its leaves. It's really interesting. But then the flowers come in usually in August. That's great. Have you, uh, so obviously scouting is critical now. Oh, so yeah. enjoy the garden, but as you're enjoying it, make sure you're taking time just to look for either symptoms or the insect critter itself. Yes. There are disease problems that might be there. Uh, sanitation, cleaning up foliage, cleaning up anything, yes. getting rid of it, and the garden so it doesn't splash around. Uh, Light pruning, just to open up things so you have better air circulation and sunlight inside the plant. Uh, watering practices, again, don't water in the evening, try and water in the morning or during the middle of the day so the foliage can dry off. We can just get it to rain in the daytime and not at night. 
mentioned bagworms at all yet no they're looking they're asking but uh, you haven't heard of any reports i haven't heard of anybody yeah have you nope interesting that's good but oh it's they're matter, there it's a matter of time they're out there they were so bad last year you know there's oh be my a, gosh yeah they're out a there. bumper crop again this year i'm sure they are out there but it's it, interesting that they would be late also like the japanese beetles or late or mm-hmm. late mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> Um, harvesting, um, we pulled up a ton of carrots and onions and leeks and, uh, some of the crops have been really, really rewarding so far. How about garlic? How do you know when to, when to harvest garlic? Well, I think the nice part about it is there's a lot of flexibility that you don't have to be precise like today's the day that I have to do it. Um, I think... You want to see it drying up, turning yellow, starting to turn brown, and it's a good indication that it's time. You're not going to get any more growth out of it. The foliage has done its job kind of thing. I wouldn't wait till the foliage is all withered up and brown. Okay. Uh, I would do it when there's still some green on it. Uh, but, um, again, I think you can get great results over a several-week period of time, and it's not just like I have to do it just right here and there. Um, I'll let you know real soon because last night I was pulling a, a thistle out of the garlic bed Uh-oh. that was right close to one of the uh, garlic bulbs, and so the garlic bulb came out. And uh, and I, again, I think I'm at least two to three weeks probably from harvesting. Okay, would be these, my guess, maybe even four weeks. Were these fall planted garlics? Or? La- yeah, last fall. Last fall. And uh, and they look great, but. I'll let you know how that one tastes here. Okie dokie. Okay. In fact, I'll bring it into you, and you can let me know how Okey it dokey. tastes. Okie You don't have to cook. Oh. Uh, good. Peas have been particularly good this year. Uh, edible pod peas, just bumper crops of those. Yeah. Um, um, of course, spinach, radish, lettuce, all that kind of stuff was uh, was great. But mine was looking pretty gnarly, nasty. So it's a matter of do I want to replant a small row or two or wait till it maybe cools off a little bit and have it for the fall season. Nice. So we'll see. Um, And just now getting into tomato season, I mean, I don't know, other than a token one or two, I don't know how many people have really had a bunch yet, but it's just now coming on for sure. And 4th of July tomato did live up to its name. Yay. So we've had a couple of those, uh, as you'd expect. How large are the 4th of July tomatoes? I, I would call them about like a, Clementine. Okay. A three inch, four inch. Yeah, maybe three at the most uh, size. So it's not a full size tomato, uh, but not a cherry by any means. Right. Okay. Yeah. So nice. You can slice them, eat Is them whole either way. Red, a purple. It's a red. I would think it would be red with a Fourth of July name like that. Seriously. <laughs> well, and, and named for its time of harvest, saying it's an early one. One of the early yeah, ones, yeah. yeah. Of course. The no. idea they're trying to communicate. Uh, <laughs> and obviously peppers are starting to come on and all the good summer fly things. People are, cucumbers are crazy. And uh, and the squash, like you mentioned, zucchinis and some of the early guys are filling it up. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's that time of year. Yay. Pull weeds, mulch, <laughs> scout, 
and harvest. Harvest, yeah. Cool. I had uh, a friend of mine give me some plants that were really stressed out. And uh -oh. they were just kind of like, here, if you don't take these, I'm going to throw them away. So Aww. I was like, okay, I'll take them. Oh. And I, they gave me an ivy gardenia. No. Is that? No. <laughs> or, no, an ivy geranium. geranium. That was it. That was close. It was a G word. It was a yeah. G word. <laughs> ivy geranium. I had never even heard of that before. Mm -hmm. But uh, so those are full sun. Mm -hmm. And they will... I mean, are they mostly for hanging baskets? Are they going to trail or? They're kind of a trailer, yeah. They okay. billow. Oh, that's a nice word. They don't necessarily just hang down, but they billow out and are a little bit pendulous. But um, and the flowers are very, very similar to a traditional geranium, uh, but the foliage is just a little bit different. I actually like the the foliage quite a bit. Well, I think it's a great texture. Yeah. yeah. I love it. And uh, we saw quite a few of them, actually. Actually, uh, we do, yes. In four and a half inch pots, as well as in some of the hanging baskets. Really? Uh, yeah. So if you like this stressed out plant. Well, if I can be, bring it back, yeah. If, if, yeah. <laughs> or if I like it and you I can't find bring a new it back, thing. I'll and, just come and here and get a new one. <laughs> there's been a, a wide variety of colors developed over the years. I mean, it used to be a long time ago, it was pretty much a red flowering one. And that's still our most popular color by far. But we have some hot pinks and some salmons and uh, stars and stripes. There's a red and white combination. Uh, Real, oh neat. That's uh, a neat one. Uh, some burgundy, uh, much darker flowering ones. Which, to me, I, it's hard for me to see the flowers on those as well um, against a dark green leaf. So those don't pop to me and float my boat. But okay, to each his own. Right. Uh, yeah, the darker colors have a tendency to recede. Okay, hence the yellow. Right. 65 mile an hour 65 yellow. mile an hour yellow, yeah. right. Yeah, I think the one I have is a hot pink. It has like one, oh, one, cool. one small tiny bloom. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. just enough of a reward to get you to hang in there and take good care of it. Keep at it. Yeah. So, um, so any suggestions other than compost, 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 which is what yes. I've learned from you, Marianne? <laughs> Yes, you have. <laughs> it is a compost. It's That's compost, compost, compost. You're right. Right. You no, it well. it's compost, compost, Absolutely. compost. So do you have it in the ground, or is it still in its pot that you it's were given? Still, yeah, it's still in the, the yeah, hanging size? basket that it was given. Oh, it's in the hanging basket. Yeah, so the typical Yeah, it's kind of, kind of hard for you to compost that hanging basket. Well, I, no, I assume that but I'm, I'm going to replant tea. it or something. Yeah, you could use compost tea, certainly. But a prepared fertilizer would probably be a better option. Tell me about compost tea. It's just that, compost that's been soaked in so, the and water then, and then... then the so water. if you were Mr. Weisgarver and you had a five-gallon bucket okay. or smaller container if you wanted to, just go ahead and there's no magic formula, but put compost in it, maybe a fourth of the container-ish okay. in compost, and then go ahead and fill up the rest of the container with water. So I don't need a cheesecloth. So just, you don't have to. Just <laughs> pretend you're making sun tea for the plant. Okay. All right. And then uh, and then, the compost, of course, will stay settled, but yet you'll get some of the nutrition, nutrition just filling up the water. And after a day or a few days, you could go ahead and use that water to fertilize your plants with. Oh, wow. Okay. And then you can throw the remaining compost, the sludge, if you will, back in the compost pile or in the garden. 
and start all over again. All right. <laughs> I like that. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text us at 351-5357. Uh, we have a text here that says, trying to enlarge it, and it shrinks on me instead. We are north of Atwood, and the spouse is picking bag words as I type. Not as many mm. so far as last year, but they are here. So, yeah, picking the bagworms up in Atwood. So, all right, they are out there. So, um, yeah, I guess I'll go and scout my yard some. Start Especially looking. Especially my junipers. They, the bagworms like my junipers. Do they? Yeah, they do. Whatever. Yep. So. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, and this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. We have maybe about three or four minutes left. So on the bagworms, if you were going to spray uh, to try and prevent them, then two products that we carry, we carry BT or Bacillus or Thuringiensis, uh, Thuricide, and make that available in the spinosad. Uh, those would probably be the two most effective sprays yes. that we could recommend. And then the challenge is if it's a really, really tall plant, you know. Tree. Yeah. Linden. Then, then, you, then you almost need to have a commercial uh, applicator try and spray for you. Just because mm. how are you practically going to get it up there 25 or 30 feet or 40 feet or 50 feet in the air? Because if you don't get them all, you're not going to abate the problem. Mm. Or as many as you can. You probably never get them all. And is a spray the only way to do it? or You can hand pick them. Um, I guess I was wondering about a systemic, maybe, or... I think you couldn't do it now for any protection this year. Right, okay. Uh, realistically. Uh, you could try it in the fall and see if you get some effect out of it for the for the next year. There is something but, out there, okay. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, pick them off and then... What about grub treatment? Do what they, about is, grub treatment? Do they come... Is that how they... Did, they stick around is it by yeah they stick around grubs are the larvae of beetles uh and it depends upon what the most common ones we would have around here would either be june be june beetles june bugs or uh japanese beetle okay. grub larvae one or the other okay and that would be the highest populations and i think it's one of those things where they say there's a uh, aesthetic threshold that you'd have to cross where it starts to become enough of a problem to cause damage to this ornamental plant, which is typically your your lawn around here. And typically it says we need about 10 or 12 in a square foot area to cause enough damage where it's worth treating. So that means your lawn can outgrow and handle that disruption with you know a fair amount of them feeding. But if you get a certain amount, if you can't keep up with the watering, then, you know, then obviously the turf declines. But typically you don't see the decline until August or September or maybe even early October, depending upon the, the season and uh, which species of grub is causing the problem. So at this point in time, if you want to put a preventer down, you still have time. And there's some insecticides that are best sold as preventers where you put them on and it takes a number of waterings to become active in the soil. And there's okay. some other insecticides that are better applied once you know you have the problem oh. in August or September that are a quick act. But okay. don't count on them being just that late in the season because I just had somebody yesterday that showed me pictures of what looked like grub damage. 
okay. It seems early, but... Seems way early. They're out there. Yeah. But... All right. Keep checking. Scout, scout, scout. Great advice once again from the experts. We appreciate all of your knowledge, you guys. Enjoy the day, huh? Enjoy the weekend. Yeah. And Happy Fourth of July. That's right. You've been listening to Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens with Mary Ann Metz and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. My on-site engineer is Brooke Sholem, and our producer is Dave Lake. We hope everybody has a wonderful holiday weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.